All right, I'm here with Clint Shamblin from the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. I'm Stephen Willis from Lockdown Ole Miss, and we're doing a little crossover episode. On my show, Clint, it is Know Your Enemy, and we're okay. talking all about the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't know what you guys do over there, but how you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic, man. Glad to be here. Glad to be an enemy that you get to know. Yeah, seriously. Um, I actually talked to somebody on the Believe Network about Georgia as well going around. So we're going to get to know basically the Georgia Bulldogs. And just so you know, in this episode, I'm doing a cold open and everybody heard by three different quotes from Miracle in okay. that video. Yeah. So <laughs> you can tell where my mind is at I, the moment. I feel you. I feel you. So uh, I, I do have a question for you. Uh, what is it like to cover a team and never have to worry about them losing? Man, we were just talking about this on the Lockdown Bulldogs uh, <laughs> side of things because it's it's phenomenal to me to hear Georgia fans because you come up against Old Miss and 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 games haven't been covered by point spreads and so on and so forth. And I just try telling everybody again, reminding them we are in a three run stretch that is historic by every single metric ever calculated in college football. So. I think we're spoiled maybe is the best answer that Georgia fans are just abjectly spoiled because we're complaining about we didn't beat Mizzou by a large enough margin and they gained over a hundred yards rushing against us. Wow. 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 You know, so it's, it's, it's quite phenomenal. Uh, I'll tell you this right now. We love betting and FanDuel. We love them. Um, we have made a lot of money in three years on the money line for Georgia. Just keep that thing rolling. It's phenomenal. So it, it's, it's spoiled, Stephen. Maybe that's the best way of saying it. Well, on my side of the house, um, I talked about it's like the question we had is can Ole Miss beat Georgia? And I do believe Ole Miss can beat Georgia, but there's a difference between can, should, and will. Come on. And, yeah, and you have to actually do it. But Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss has the best running back in the SEC. They have the potentially the best wide receiver in the best SEC. And Jackson Dart's playing out of his mind. Offensively, they have the weapons to where they can affect. If Cody Schrader, who was a D2 transfer from game yep. 100 yards rushing i talked to Corey burton who does the believe in georgia dogs podcast and he said georgia's problem this year is they don't have a dude in the front seven they don't have a jordan davis or jalen carter so the weird thing is as good as this defense is this is actually an offensive georgia team i think uh, you nailed it dead on the offense for me I've said this before, there's no defense in America that scares me against Georgia's offense because we have all levels everywhere around. We're getting healthy on the offensive line. We've lost our best offensive lineman, and we've not given up a ton of sacks. Mizzou got after us a couple times, but on the year, we've been pretty good. Running back health is back up. Kendall Milton is showing out all of a sudden. Uh, and it is weird. This defensive line has been much maligned on the edges. We don't have that dude that's getting the pass rush consistently. Up the middle, Ingram Dawkins coming back from two games ago, healthy again. Huge addition to this defensive line. Uh, but you're right. I call him the eraser, the Nicobe Dean effect, right? The Roquan Smith effect. Um, and the dude we have is in the back end. It's Malachi Starks. Normally for Georgia, that dude's been up front. And so not having him up front, but having him on the back in the defense changes the complexity of what Glenn Schumann and Kirby Smart want to do. It's very unique. And especially with JDJ, uh, Dumas Johnson going down with injury last week, a fractured forearm. That is, he hasn't been playing amazing. He, he is not Nicobe Dean, but he sets the entire defense. 
well, now we don't have the dude up front, and now we don't have the quarterback of the defense out there, and we're going up against an offense that wants to play fast and wants to do some some very unique things and wants to run the ball quite a bit. We were actually talking about that the other day. Ole Miss is effective running the ball uh, this year, very effective. Well, again, like you just said, D2 kid goes, goes all over us. Now we lose our top linebacker. Holy jeez. But the offensive side, yeah, I'm I'm fully convinced I will go up against any defense in America. We lost our the best college football player, and yet this offense just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. We could beat you a million different ways. So I agree with that, Stephen. It's very unique for Georgia fans to all of a sudden go, oh no, we can throw blow to blow, and maybe we're kind of we're kind of clutching our pearls a little bit when it comes to the defensive side, which is very unique. You know, a weird situation. Brock Bowers, I'm seeing some rumors that he's running again and you're starting to hear some stuff. And I, I think Brock Bowers is probably going to get out on the field Saturday. I do not think Brock Bowers is going to have a major role, but it's essentially his senior night. It's the last opportunity for him to play in Sanford. I, I, I genuinely think that Brock Bowers is going to get on the field, but much like Ole Miss when they played Alabama with Trey Harris and Caden Prescorn, they played, but they weren't themselves. It, it was it was a little bit different. What do, what do you say about that? Yeah. You know, it's it, Brock Bowers is running. Uh, he is at practice. He did travel the team just to be a force of leadership. It's really phenomenal to me. You would talk about again, Mims having a very, very similar surgery and Mims rumored to be back. He dressed and he traveled as well. Brock Bowers isn't human. He's an alien. I don't know what his DNA is. Um, I, I think the same thing. I think you're right. I think we're going to see him dressed, which is going to get everybody hyped. Uh, and Steven could, should, and, and will, I think you're dead on with that as well, because I too agree. Ole Miss can beat Georgia. This is college football. This year is sideways. Like, I don't know what it is sideways in a hurry. Um, and I think senior night, I think having guys on the sidelines that are important. I think Athens at night, Kirby in a top 25 sec in Athens at night, the dude don't miss. So it's going to be an electric atmosphere. And I think Brock's going to join that. I, I Very fair to say, but certainly not going to be running around like his normal self of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, there, there's there's three outcomes that would not surprise me and one outcome that would completely shock me. And first of all, if you told me that Georgia just absolutely boat raced Ole Miss like they did against Kentucky, that doesn't surprise me. If Georgia wins a close game, that doesn't surprise me. If Ole Miss wins a close game, that doesn't surprise me. The only thing that would surprise me is if Ole Miss ended up with a boat race. Uh, and But it's like you said, these games against Kentucky, there's been people coming to Georgia and they're like, hey, this team can finally get them. And then Georgia's up 30 to nothing at halftime. I say this, Clint, the, I think the biggest college status symbol in 2023 is to have a team good enough to get blown out by Georgia. You, you know what is so that has been like the new niche thing, right? It's like in vogue. All of a sudden you're like, oh, man, we got to go up. I, we talked about this with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's Super Bowl is to cover against Georgia. Like that's the status that they're at. And you're right. Kentucky, uh, good team, not a great team. Missed early on. Leary missed a couple of throws. Uh, that should have been open. Uh, we Tyke Smith, if you want to just hear for your listeners, Ole Miss fans, uh, get on this. Tyke Smith and Bullard are very good safeties. Each half is a difference, like Jekyll and Hyde with them. When they're good, man, they are thumping and they are covering. When they're bad, Leary should have had two touchdowns for Kentucky that were wide open throws and missed it. And that changed the whole trajectory of that game. And then Georgia got it going, and it was like, oh, no, 
now you're now you're in trouble in a hurry. I think those three outcomes dead on, Stephen. I I think the spectrum for Old Miss, as I've watched them, as I've watched Jackson Dart, as he's been running the ball more effectively, which by the way, this just in Cook did that against us last week. And Georgia, if you want to get us all in our feels, say mobile quarterback to Georgia fans and we just lose our minds. So if he runs effectively, this game could be closer than that, uh, than, than what many people are saying, which the point spread, by the way, is not that big of a deal. I was, I was kind of shocked by that uh, really uh, coming into it, but I think that goes to play of, of what Ole Miss is doing recently. And if the efficiency, if he Jackson puts efficiency of passing with the efficiency of running, if those two go up together in this game, they could get some points. I, I'm expecting 21 points from Ole Miss is what I'm projecting in this game. So, um, but yeah, a boat race. Yeah, if all of a sudden Ole Miss comes out and it's 35 to 10, uh, that just I, I would I would lose so much respect. I don't think that's possible. But the other three outcomes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If Ole Miss came out and did that, I, I think I'd have a parade and I wouldn't able to do a post game show because I'd be just completely inside my fields. Anyway, right. when we come back, we are going to talk about some of the ways that Georgia can be successful and what they're going to do and Ole Miss, what they need to do to combat a team that is in the top 10 in offensive and defensive third down conversions. Third downs are going to be very big in this football game. But right now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by um, Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time together, you and I, and we get fired up together with wins and losses and who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today I want to chat to be a little bit more personal. Uh-oh. I learned that we can get a one-year supply of ED medication when you realize what that means. Bring on the extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered, my friend, and you don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revagia. We got three different ED medications and we can't cure cancer. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com and receive a 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply, and I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of your daily med, go to jacemedical.com and see if it is offered to you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. College football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Locked On. College football kickoff live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. All right, Clint. Now, tomorrow I'm going to do a video, and I do this every week, and 
for whatever reason, people don't get what it means and what I'm saying, but I do tomorrow my Why Ole Miss Wins episode. So I'm expecting Georgia fans to come up and be all up in there and get ready to bookmark it and all of that. But the video actually is, this is how Ole Miss can win the game. Yep. Not that Ole Miss is going to win the game. And I think third down is the major issue in this ballgame. Ole Miss cannot afford to get off schedule because if you get into third and seven plus against this Georgia defense, it's over. You're going to convert like one out of 12 in the game. You're not going to be able to get into the tempo that's effective. You're not going to be able to put the points up that can run with this Georgia offense. I think third down conversions are the potentially major aspect of this football game. Uh you have nailed it. I have two keys to this game. Red zone rushing for Old Miss, not red zone passing, red zone rushing. If Old Miss gets down the red zone and can run the ball effectively against Georgia, and then third downs is right. Because if you look at feast or famine, Old Miss, this is how I put them on third down. It's feast or famine. There's explosive plays on third down, or there's Texas A&M third down. Uh, and it doesn't get going quite as much, and it kind of stalls out a couple of times. But you're exactly right. And, and same thing on the other side of the ball for Old Miss defense against Georgia's third down offense. Third down offense for Georgia, Carson Beck has been lights out on that time. He he gets, when it's third and eight or more, the dude is actually electric with it. Now combine that with the healthy running game. So you're right. Um, the success rate of Old Miss on third down, This is we got a guy, Dog Stats, he's fantastic. He does deep dive metrics. Um, the offensive third down success rate is not great for Old Miss and for Georgia, top 10 in the nation and in the SEC. Very, very good. Um, explosive plays for Old Miss on third down. Again, that feast of famine, they're actually very high on that. So if they get behind schedule, it's going to have to take a plays clicking. It's got to take the Leary Kentucky game, like I said, not missing those throws for Dart. Uh, and then when it comes down to the red zone, um, man, the success rate of third down rushing for Old Miss in the red zone doesn't look great. Uh, it doesn't look promising. If they can get that, if they could flip that script, because the rest of it does look uh, pretty good, all things considered, um, th that's going to be the game. Now, can Old Miss protect Dart, and can he scramble for it? Because George is coming up with a couple of guys who are rotating now on third down. Uh, we got a couple of young guys coming in, because the whole rest of these, Ch Chaz Chambliss, great setting the edge against the run. Not great getting to the passer. For whatever reason, the dude just can't get, can't turn that corner. But Jalen Walker is a dude, when he gets his shoulder down, when he turns and, and leans, it's over for a left tackle, right tackle, and he does switch. Now, he might be at middle linebacker with JDJ being injured, and he might be blitzing quite a bit. So uh, dogs do have some guys coming in the rotation, especially at edge. And can Jackson Dart get the ball out quickly? Because that's that's how teams have beat George or try to game plan, I should say. They have said, get the ball out. You got you got 2.2 seconds <laughs> um, because ha havoc is coming, chaos is coming. They're gonna blitz. Glenn's gonna bring some double A gaps. Guys on the edge are gonna get there. Get the ball out. It's gonna come down a third down, Stephen. I think you've rightly pointed that out. You know, um, the defensive end that you just mentioned that they're rotating in on pass downs. How is he in run defense? Uh, he's adequate in run defense. I think the edge, what we saw in Missouri last week is that left off tackle for Missouri. I, I, I swear it was like some wishbone offense. All of a sudden they just said, we're going to come at you off tackle all day long. We're going to zone left, zone left, zone left. Chaz is good setting the edge and getting spilling to the backers. Now the problem is the backers aren't spilling and scraping over the side and erasing those plays. So if they do set, 
he he is adequate at Jalen, not he's more of a pass rush specialist. We've seen him come in. It's a third down package where all of a sudden we take our edge guys, put them inside. Nazir Stackhouse, our defensive tackle, comes out. Ingram Dawkins comes out. Um, Harrison or, or, or uh, Marvin uh, goes inside as well as Michael. And then we get Jalen and a couple other guys, another uh, actually freshman as well. Uh, Damon comes in. And so they're very good at getting that lean. Um, not great. I'd say adequate against the Russians setting that edge. So it's kind of a feast or famine. Chaz great against setting it, spilling to the outside doesn't get to the quarterback. So it really comes down to um, scenario or, or situational football a great deal on that rotation. Well, the reason I bring this up is because really third and, or third down and five to seven, which would normally be a passing set, that's kind of a rundown for Ole Miss. And Ole Miss a lot of times does not make the first down, and that's the reason their third down conversion is down a little bit low because they're planning on going forward on fourth. Yes. Now, um, if – you put in a pass rusher that is not effective against the run, all of a sudden you just made where Ole Miss is going to run the ball a little bit more weak. And if that happens, Ole Miss could have some success with Quinshawn Judkins and things like that. Uh, it, it, this is going to be that chess match because Lane Kiffin and Kirby Smart were on the sideline together at Alabama. These two people know each other well. They know what they like. Lane knows exactly what he has to do to affect that style of defense because they saw it every day in practice. And it, it, I'm not saying that anything is going to get wild. I just think this is another storyline that nobody is talking about. You know, what's so funny. I, I think the, it was a joke before. Maybe Georgia fans don't like hearing this because I think their perception of Lane Kiffin uh, is not great. They don't have high respect for him. Um, and there was this text chain back and forth talking about all the ex coaches under Saban and texting each other, yada, yada, yada. Um, I actually genuinely think Lane and Kirby are good friends. Like, yeah. like, like it's, it's not just a show. They are good friends. They know each other. They talk to each other. I think this is going to be a fireworks type situation. One loves offense. One loves defense. It's pretty simple, straightforward in their loves. Um, it, it is going to be chess matchy. Um, I think there'll be one call much like uh, against Ohio state last year for Georgia. Um, I think there'll be a timeout that Kirby calls in the middle of the game on that third down when he doesn't have personnel where he sees something, he feels something that Lane's trying to do. I think situations like that are going to play an effective role in this game. Um, and, and this is why, again, I'm, I get a little consternation with JDJ out because you're going to have to set, you're going to see things, you have to know film. So when you see tendencies or you see something a little off and Lane is going to go for it on fourth, hurry up, get to the line, go for it on, on third and get four yards, have a yard and a half to go. Uh, we're going to be maybe out of position. Uh, Kirby has his hands full this weekend with injuries to key positions and against Lane, somebody he knows very, very well. Um, and, and it will come down to good coaches. I We said on Lockdown Bulldogs um, and Ole Miss fans, again, uh, we're, we're giving you love. We think Lane is probably the best head coach Kirby's played all year. Um, no offense to drink. He's not the same status of that. No, no offense to Stoops at Kentucky. He, he can't get over the big one. And, and maybe Lane has a little bit of that moniker so far, specifically with Alabama. Um, but he's a good coach and we give him a lot of respect. This is the best coaching uh, matchup all year for Georgia. You know, um, one, one interesting situation, um, with Lane Kiffin and what's going on is with Lane going forward on fourth down, 
is so much that he it can be an avalanche if you don't get successful against Georgia. It's going to be a night game at Georgia. It's senior night. It, they're going to be juiced up. It's a top 10 matchup. It is the best game that Georgia's played all season as far as looking up for it. You have to be pragmatic when you choose and pick your mm-hmm. point to go for it, or else you'll end up in a situation like Billy Napier Muir saw himself in two weeks ago. Fourth and one is a trap against the Georgia Bulldogs. And if you don't treat it like that, you're going to get burned and you're going to find yourself at halftime. The game's over. Uh, Ask Tennessee how that went. Number one ranked Tennessee comes into Athens high on their horse. And by the middle of the second quarter, the game was over. Like Kirby started running the ball. It was raining and he knew he had them and he started milking the clock before halftime. You're exactly right. Ask Tennessee. It gets sideways in a hurry against Georgia. And if that avalanche well said, now, Lane, when when he starts going for it on fourth, actually the effectiveness, he gets over 40% effective rate for the whole entire game, including fourth down. First three downs, it's not great. It's under the 35%. You get fourth downs. Okay, effectiveness increases. Only takes a couple of those where you're giving the ball back to Carson Beck midfield and he finds Lad McConkey for a 45-yarder because Mike Bobo is cooking in his bag right now. I'm loving Mike Bobo as OC. It gets weird in a hurry. Um, I would just caution Lane. If I, I'm, I'm with you. Punt sometimes, brother, if you don't want this game going bad in a hurry, because you have the offense where if it's clicking, you're gonna be able to move. Again, I'm I'm predicting 21 points for Ole Miss. Um, that's kind of right around my my floor. Actually, right now with the injuries that are happening to to Georgia's defense, uh, that gets you within a puncher's shot if you don't shoot yourself in the foot and you don't give the ball back to a very very potent offense midfield. Um, so caution is, is probably the right word. You know, whenever we come back, we're going to get into our picks and all that. And I'm going to, you know, Homer's in the name, everybody get ready. I'm about to pick Ole Miss to win this game. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens. And I want to hear your perspective on that as well. But right now I do want to let everybody know that this show is brought to you by price picks. Price picks is the daily fantasy sports leader, the oldest platform in North America, they're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you get to just simply pick more or less than two to six players on stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And and they're the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS. All right. Daily fantasy sports. And with basketball season here, you can now pick a combo projection across football and basketball across the specials league, a league created especially for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports and leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at 10.5, three points made and receptions. That's actually kind of cool. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit matchup. To 100 bucks, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit matchup to 100 bucks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. And also, the Rebels play the Georgia Bulldogs Saturday night at 6 p.m. Central Time. It's a chance to listen to David Kellum and the Rebels' hometown crew as Ole Miss looks to continue their run. Georgia having senior night, I'm sure they have an uh, announcer that everybody is impressed with as well. Check out that home team broadcast with Ole Miss on 192 on Sirius XM and Georgia, I think it's on 82 
uh, or on the SXM app, search Ole Miss Rebels or Georgia Bulldogs. All right, Clint, you have a situation. We're looking at the, the finality of this, and I think that Georgia tends to be inevitable in the fourth quarter of games. There's lots of people that are right in it, and just Georgia's talent, well-coaching, all of that just become inevitable. But this is what I think. Ole Miss is top five in the country in sacks. Mm. And there isn't somebody that has been able to consistently get Carson Beck to drop his eyes and get him off his spot. I think if Ole Miss can get pressure against that offensive line, which whenever they're on, they're on, and Carson Beck just is back there playing seven on seven, I think if that happens, all of a sudden some mistakes can be made and Carson Beck can look like a first-year starter at times instead of like this Heisman Trophy candidate that's out there just dealing. I think that Ole Miss has a chance to win this game, and I'm going to take Ole Miss 34-31 to 31 in this game. Uh, look, here's this offensive line, Carson Beck, and how it does. Look at Missouri. Look at the game plan Missouri had. And, and Ole Miss could follow that. Missouri had two weeks to prepare, and it was much like Florida. Florida had two weeks to prepare for Georgia, and they came out the first two drives, and it was surgical. And then after that, what happened was Kirby made adjustments and absolutely we call it the we call it the death march where he just says, I'm going to run at you for eight minutes and I'm going to suffocate you. And there's nothing you could do. We're going to fight in the phone booth and I'm going to win. He believes and his teams believe every single year if they are somewhere competitive and even not competitive, if they're within striking distance, third and fourth quarter, they will. It is inevitable for them. Um, and so you saw Missouri get to Carson Beck. And in the first half, man, Drinkovitz was he just was all up in his feels on that sideline. And you saw him ecstatic and hooping and hollering. Fourth quarter, Drinkovitz had his arms folded. He was quiet and he wasn't moving because Kirby did his thing. If Old Miss, if if that prediction has come true, there is literally not one second of this game that can be let off the gas pedal. There is no ebb and flow. You have to get a large lead and no lead is safe against Kirby in the second half. Mm. Zero lead because the guy just doesn't care. Watch him in halftime when he does that stupid interview as they're coming off the field and they ask him questions. He just says like, I don't know, guys, I'm going to go in the locker room, talk to my guys. We're going to come out and we're going to do we're going to handle business every single time. I, stop asking me questions. You're right. Uh, and this team is resilient and Carson Beck will make adjustments and they'll get the rotation in. Mike Bobo is masterclass at adjustments. It's where I think this Georgia coaching staff, besides recruiting trail, does the most work possible. It's what is Ole Miss doing to us or Missouri and how do we respond? That's the second best trait of this entire coaching staff. So if Ole Miss, if, if the Rebels are looking to get that upset, um, they're going to have to make a master plan that is the entire game. Um, and and it can't be I, – I actually think you're probably close in, in my prediction of this game um, as well for Georgia's. I, I have 34 points for Georgia. I have 21 for Ole Miss. I think there will be a couple of shots. I do think Judson does get a long run. If I'm going to be honest, I think maybe even some play. I don't know if Ole Miss has this in their bag, um, but – Missouri had a few of this. Florida had a few of this where it's kind of a different option read. It's not the typical speed option or triple option. It's a screen game. It's the RPOs that aren't RPOs really that are that are kind of dart threatens. And then it's a quick little thing, quick hitter to somebody else as he's threatening the line of scrimmage. I think Justin's going to have one of those 40 yard runs in him this week. I really do. Um, 
I think 21 points is before half. That's my prediction as well. And I think the rest of the half, it's going to be shored up by Georgia and the adjustments they give. Um, so you you know Georgia very well. It's the anaconda. It doesn't kill you at first, but man, over a long time, you're just suffocated to death by it. Yeah, we we had Alabama in our there in our division. We saw them every year. We're familiar with what Kirby does. It's the same <laughs> thing. And, and and so I mean, Hugh Freeze beat Alabama twice, and they did it with mobile quarterbacks and and stuff like that. So we know the formula. And like I said, somebody has to beat Georgia eventually. I. I don't necessarily believe it, but I'm going to do the Homer thing and take that and As be completely all in. Yeah. I mean, you guys have won, what is it? 45 out of 46 and 26, oh, it's so good. Yeah, 26 games in a row. And the last coach that beat you at home was on your sideline. It's Will Muschamp. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and it's just like, okay. I'll, but like I said, in the beginning of the show, the whole intro to this crossover is me quoting the movie Miracle. And love it. And, and, and that's kind of just to let you know where I am. It's like if you play Georgia a hundred times, they might beat you 99, but not this time. Just takes the one. I we Missouri was a good team. I actually really, really respect Missouri. I think they lose this week to Tennessee and a massive letdown because they got all hyped for Georgia. I think they lose to Tennessee. But if I'm looking at the spectrum of outcomes, um, like you said, uh, Ole Miss could really, really get going against Missouri had to play the game they did, and it was always going to be close. There was no other way for Missouri to win except by a three-point or a six-point or a one-point win, something like that. I think Ole Miss does have the possibility of getting 10 points at night home against Georgia senior, like you said, or it could be that, you know, 40 40 to 35 game as well. The spectrum is w just wildly big. Uh, because yeah, I, I trust Lane's ability to score points and to know an Alabama system that has come over in the DNA of Kirby Smart. Uh, and yeah, you should. I, somebody, Everybody calls us homers in the comments mm -hmm. section, and I say thank you. Like, thank you for calling it's me a homer. Name. This is a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I wouldn't do this if I was a neutral, you know. Yes. I, mean, I, I do this because I love doing this. That's right. Uh, Real quick before I get out of here, if if for some reason, let's say Ole Miss is up by three points in the fourth quarter with knowing what is coming with Tennessee coming up next and Alabama coming up next and how the season could go sideways on Georgia, do you think they will tighten up? Um, I actually think they're going to be nice and loose heading into this. It's so weird how I, I was just talking to Daniel about my, uh, my co-host about this the other day. If Georgia takes a loss the next two games, one of the next two games, I have full confidence that Alabama is going to get absolutely slammed by us in the SEC championship. I think it's going to be loose for this game because of everything you're saying. We're getting Ole Miss at the perfect time for us. Like, I really do feel bad for Ole Miss. If this was a different week, if this was a different time, I, I do because I think the environment has so much to play. Everybody's going to be playing. Uh, look at Notre Dame. Uh, when they came to our house, you know, that's the atmosphere. And Notre Dame did not fare well at all in that game. That's the type of atmosphere. I don't think they play tight. I think they play nice and loose, especially on offense as they're getting guys back healthy. Uh, Kendall Milton, to me, I think has an explosive game. Dejon Edwards, Kendall Milton is in the run game against Old Miss. Like you said, uh, the sacks and the pressure, they want to get that going. Uh, nothing like that, but a 225 running back who can absolutely burn up the field in the middle with a very, very good uh, um, running, blocking interior line. 
So I think that's where Georgia's going to attack Ole Miss this game. Yeah, and 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 I always tell people on my show is like, hey, do not be surprised if a team full of four and five star players play like a team like four full of four or five star players. Yes, never yes. yet. That's what I said before the Alabama game after the South Florida thing. He's like, do not be surprised about that. It, it's it's in the tank. Yes, uh, I will say this before I get out of here. I do think Texas A&M probably has a better front seven, and that was a good scout team leading into the Georgia game going up against that group. Yeah, I mean, Kamari Lasseter, and we have a new uh, corner, I think, I hope, I really, really hope, Dalen Everett on the other side for Georgia got absolutely lambasted, and I think we're going to rotate him out with some other dudes. But Kamari Lasseter and Malachi starts Bullard. The, the defensive backs are good, and very, they, they leave them on islands all the time because we have to blitz to get pressure because our front seven is not what it was before. Um, and so the strength of the defense is certainly in the back. The front seven, uh, and Ole Miss runs very – I was – maybe pleasantly sh- or, or shocked to find out just how effective the run game is for Ole Miss. And that's where a lot of this game is going to have to come down to Ole Miss fans not, might not want to hear that. There's going to be a slog fest running the ball quite a bit, but you're right. Uh, uh, you guys fared well against a better front seven than when we have coming in this week. Yeah, it should be interesting. I, I'm excited about it. I'm just excited that Ole Miss is playing these games at this point. I'm we're still yeah. in the build. You know, it's not the whole thing where you're, you're just like we're not covering and all that. We're we're still building and going up. So I'm just excited that game day is covering an Ole Miss game in the middle of November because game day is not there unless you're relevant. That's right. They're, they're not showing up for no reason. So it, it's pretty great because as Ole Miss is built and I followed them for like the last thirty years, it's just been a steady incline. And that that is pretty cool for me. Anyway, Clint, everybody, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Both my show and his show is free and available for um, whatever you get your podcast, wherever it is. You can check it out there, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Clint, thank you so much, buddy, and um, good luck this weekend. Are you going to the game? Uh, we will not be at the game, unfortunately, uh, kids and all that sort of duty. And we were at Kentucky game already. Senior night is going to be electric. We wish we were there. Uh, you going to be there? No, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to be there. Although I am going to watch the game in 4k because ESPN has the 4k option on YouTube. Yeah. Come on now. All right. Anyway, take care and have a good one, man. Good luck. Same to you.